This is T.M. Camp, and you're listening to the podcast of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Epilogue It had been snowing for three days. Sam's mother refused to let him go out, wanting to keep him close. Finally, on the third day, Sunday, she collapsed into bed late in the afternoon. After Sam's father made sure she was resting peacefully, he came downstairs to sit with his son. They didn't say much. They didn't cry much either, not because they weren't sad, they were. But all of the tears of the past few weeks had wrung them dry. School again tomorrow, his dad said. Sam nodded. It'll be good to see your friends again, I bet. There were cards upstairs, things that kids from school had sent to the hospital. Some for him, and some were for his sister. Can I go outside? Sure, his dad said after a long moment. You want company? Sam shook his head. His father nodded. Sam got his snow pants, scarf, jacket, gloves, boots, all brand new. They'd had to cut his other things off of him in the ambulance. He took a knit cap off of a hook on the wall. It had built-in earmuffs. There was a pair of her sneakers on the floor under the hooks where the coats were hung. He stared at them for a long moment. His sister had scrawled all over them with magic marker, like hieroglyphics. He slipped the hat on and went to the door. His father was still sitting on the couch. I'll be back in a while, Sam called. His dad looked up and smiled at the bundle of kid in front of him. You think you're going to be warm enough? Sam smiled. It was the first joke that anyone had told in the house since the funeral. He nodded. Yeah? Have fun. Be careful. Sam knew his dad wanted to say more. He could feel it. He could hear it in the back of his head, just like he could hear his mother's fitful dreams upstairs. I will, the boy said, opening the door. I love you. Love you too, son. The door closed on the last word. Outside, the snow had stopped. Sam walked carefully down the driveway. His ankle hurt and his shoulder. He didn't want to slip, make it worse. At the bottom of the driveway, he stopped and considered. To his right, a few houses down, was his best friend and an afternoon of computer games. An afternoon of not thinking about things. An afternoon where he could just be a kid and not be sad. To his left was... He turned left. 
It wasn't a long walk, but it took some time. The snow was deep and his hip started to ache after a few blocks. He wasn't supposed to leave his neighborhood, he knew, but he crossed the busy intersection anyway, watching the green hand turn red halfway across. He wanted to run, to get out of the way of the cars before they roared to life again and ran him down. He willed himself calm. The cemetery was a few miles away. It took him a lot longer to get there than he thought it would. He could feel, on the outskirts of his mind, a small flicker of worry. At home, his father was starting to get concerned. He would have to hurry. Inside the cemetery, everything was blanketed with fresh snow. He threaded his way through the gravestones, the bare trees rattling overhead in the chill wind, clutching at the iron-gray sky. He stood for a moment, eyes closed, listening to the stillness of winter all around him. He opened his eyes and tried to get his bearings. He realized he had no idea where he was going. He hadn't been back since the day after the funeral his mother insisting that they go one last time. And with the fresh snow, he had no idea how to find the gravesite again. He thought for a moment and then made his way slowly, wiping snow off of the headstones, looking for familiar names. Landmarks and Hieroglyphics he had heard once that it was bad luck to walk across a grave, or at the very least, it was disrespectful. Given how cramped and crammed together the headstones were, he honestly didn't know if he was walking between the graves or over them. It didn't really matter, he decided. He was the only one here, and he had it on good authority that the dead don't care nearly as much as the living. It had been cold, and everyone had been crying. Everyone was there, kids from school, teachers, family, friends. One of the girls in his sister's class had brought a small purple bear, leaving it beside all the flowers. He looked around, spying the splash of color nearby. The bear was buried in snow and half-frozen, he picked it up and shook the snow loose, holding it in his hands for a moment. The bear stared up at him with dark, unsympathetic eyes. Pretty cold today, huh? The bear didn't answer. He set it down and brushed snow off of the headstone in front of him, a little bit at a time, until his sister's name was revealed. He sat down, leaning his back against the stone. It's gonna snow tonight, he said at last. Tomorrow might be a snow day. No school. He sniffed. His nose was running. I'm supposed to go back to school tomorrow. It'll be my first day back after everything. I don't really want to go. 
He didn't say anything for a while. A light snow started to fall, little granules that clattered against the headstones like salt. Everyone's sad. We miss you. He took a breath and held it for a long moment before letting it out. Yesterday, I started wondering if it it had all really happened. I thought maybe it was just a dream, something my mind made up to pass the time while I was unconscious. He shifted on the ground. His legs were stiff, getting cold. I thought about asking Mom, seeing what she remembers, but I don't want to upset her any more than she already is. He shook his head. I don't know what she'd remember. And I don't want them to think I'm crazy and send me off to therapy, which I already get to do, also starting tomorrow. Oh, joy. His backside had gone numb. He stood up and brushed his snow pants off. I thought it might have been made up. I might have dreamed it. But then that would mean you weren't there. That you were all alone. And that there was no one who... He stopped, trying to hold it together. It wasn't a good feeling to think that. He watched the falling snow fill in the spaces of his sister's name. But then, last night at dinner, I passed Mom the salt before she asked for it. He smiled at the memory. I heard her ask for it before she said anything. He tapped the side of his head with his thick, gloved fingertips. I heard her in here. The wind picked up, getting colder. He pulled his hat down around his ears. I didn't sleep much last night. Not that I'm sleeping much, as it is, with Mom and Dad coming in to check on me all the time like they're afraid I might vanish or something. He reached forward and wiped the snow off of her name. I know they're just sad. I'm sad too. He stepped back, looking down at her headstone. I couldn't sleep last night. I was wondering all night, did I really hear her? That's impossible, right? Things like that don't happen in the real world. He knelt down and put his hand on the snow-covered ground, leaving a print right above where his sister had been laid to rest. Are you there? He said, not out loud. Are you there? Nothing. Cold earth below bare trees above. He tried to push past it all, to force his way back through the frozen world and into that other place, to reach her, to hear her. She was either too far away, or she was not there at all. 
Either way, all he had was silence. He took the glove off of his hand and rubbed his eyes. He was tired, and his brain felt frozen. Slushy thoughts. He wiped the snow off of his sister's name once more, pressing his fingertips against the letters, the cold radiating into his hand and up his arm. Darjeeling, he said, softly. Gee. Nothing. I'll come back. It felt stupid to say it, but he didn't just want to walk away, and he didn't want to say goodbye. He watched the letters fill up again, the snow covering the brief span of his sister's life. As he was walking back through the headstones, he stopped in his tracks, head cocked. There was a faint glimmer in the back of his eyes, an echo of something bouncing back toward him as though from very far away. He was afraid to move, to shift position, lest he lose it like a faint radio signal at the top of the dial. Gently, he closed his eyes, trying not to force it, not to chase it, knowing that if he did, it would slip away. He let everything else drift. The wind, the cold, the ache in his hips and knee. Raising his face to catch the falling snow, huge fat flakes filling the air like smoke. And then he saw her. Gee. She was walking through the drifts, nearly waist-deep, making her way to a large stone mansion at the top of a hill. The snow was deep, but the going got easier as she went along. For where she passed, a swath of green appeared in her wake, like the train of a gown. It spread outward behind her, melting the snow and bringing the frost-bound gardens and orchard to life again in an explosion of warmth and color. The spread of green outpaced her, pulling back the mask of winter to reveal a riot of new life beneath. She began to run, chasing after the spread of spring all the way up to the crown of the hill. Then the front door of the palace opened. Sam opened his eyes. He half expected the cemetery to be transformed as in his vision, green grass and trees. But everything still slept silently under the snow. It didn't matter. Spring would come soon enough. After he said his goodbyes, he made his way back through the cemetery, heading for home. You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and read by the author, P.M. Camp. 
free to download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. Please direct all inquiries to the attention of the author at www.tmcamp.com. If you are unable to access the Internet, spread a thin layer of peanut butter over a slice of whole wheat bread. Sprinkle it with unsalted sunflower seeds and place it on the sill of any second-story window in your home. When the blue jay arrives, whisper your request to her. She will pass it along. If you live in a home with only one story, move.